Today's episode of The Understudy, Morgan and I are discussing Mr. Matt Damon. We pick our two favorite Matt Damon films and then our least favorite. Because, hey, no one's perfect. Cue the opening. In a world where pods are everywhere, one actor waits in the wings. For the people that brought you stuff you probably never heard of comes... The Understudy. Episode 2. Matt Damon. Matt Damon has a couple movies under his belt. Yeah, just a few. It's so funny because I don't even know if I would have said he was my favorite actor like 10, 15 years ago. But as time's gone on, I've really, really enjoyed his work. I love him. In his heyday, late 90s, early 2000s, he was like at the top of every... I thought he was at the top of every You know, that's true. And some of my favorite films of his are from the 90s and that's true but I always thought he was a good actor but I, I myself wasn't like oh if he's in a film I have to go see it but it's uh, turned into that now like I'll, I'll watch what he does I think he's great like even do you see The Martian? Yes that's uh, with Ridley that's, Scott that's he, amazing yeah he did such a great job in that movie he's just such a he's a great actor he can do so many different roles although, although downsizing I don't know dude don't know. I'm saving that one because we are going to discuss yes we're choosing two of our faves and our our favorite worst or yeah their worst the our favorite one to hate on <laughs> yes of his i guess but before we start with matt have you seen anything lately uh yes i saw the new animated spider-man film spider-verse spider-verse yeah. spider-man into the spider-verse yes i loved it i thought the animation was great i thought it was so funny i love seeing the storyline of all the different uh spider-mans coming together or not all Spider-Man. But anyway, uh, no, I, ha- I had a great time. I thought it was so fun, but I hear you hated it. I brought my <laughs> nephews on Christmas Day, which is uh, wow, which is another adventure because there's nothing to do but watch movies, so it was rammed. But Oh, that's a fun tradition, though. People do that on Christmas Day. They yeah. go to the theaters. And it was, like, packed. But I'd have to say we did have good seats, so it, was, it wasn't... I'm always worried that I'm going to get, like, a neckbreaker seat or, okay. like... But they loved it. I don't know. I wanted to love it more, but maybe because everyone was loving it before I got there. Right. I was like... No, but that uh, happens when you have really high expectations and everyone says it's the best movie ever and then you go and see it. Sometimes you just need to not hear those things. That's why when people ask, I'm like, I liked it. I never go over the top and I'm like, I want you to see it. If there's, even though I might love it, love it, I'll yeah. be like, I liked it, I enjoyed it, I think you should see it, and then I wait for them, and then I'll go nuts. Yeah, after, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you're it. backtracking now. You're backtracking. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was like really pleasantly surprised. I loved it. I thought it was really funny, and I want another one. Oh, I do. I'm sure I want there will a sequel. be. I, I, it actually made me want to uh, go back and purchase the Spider-Man Air Jordan One <laughs> kicks that he was wearing in the movie. Totally. Didn't you love the soundtrack though? That oh. was an awesome soundtrack. Yeah, no, it was really good. Yeah. And I feel like that could be mine and my nephew's number one costume come <gasps> October. <laughs> oh my gosh, you always dress up? Uh, we like try. The There's like a annual family pumpkin carving thingy that we dress up or try oh, and dress up. To. That's awesome. Invite me next time. <laughs> so we will see. Bring a pumpkin. Bring okay, a pumpkin. Okay, okay. Matt Damon. All right, are we just going to dive right into I our favorite? I go right into it. Tell me your... I guess you're one of two. Okay. So, I mean, I think the obvious that a lot of people, when they think of Matt Damon and his best film, it's Good Will Hunting. He was fantastic in that movie. That's actually not my number... Two. Yeah, my number one or number two. 
just it's great. Every time it's on TV, I'll watch it. I love him so much in it. But my number one or my number two. Number two. Number two. The Towns of Mr. Ripley. Vicky Greenlee? It's Tom. Tom Ripley. Tom Ripley? We were at Princeton together. Did we know each other? Sorry, what is it? Ripley. How do you do? It'll just be for a little while. No, I like him. Marge, you like everybody. Marge. I feel like I've been handed a new life. I love this film because and that's why I wanted to bring up Goodwill Hunting. I'd seen him in Goodwill Hunting. You know, I think everyone fell in love with him. He's this likable guy, damaged, you want to take care of him, brilliant guy. And then all of a sudden, he's a psychopath in The Talented Mr. Ripley. And I'd never seen him act like that before. And he scared me. And yet, you didn't hate him, even though he's killing people. I might have hated him a little bit. I mean, you do. You're, you're scared of him. You're you're like, he's such a creep in it, but you're wondering what he's going to do next. And even when, you know, things are coming at the end and you don't know if he's going to get caught, you almost want him not to get caught. It's just played with my emotions, but I loved him so much in that he freaked me out for the first time as an actor. <laughs> Funny enough, I saw the ending or at least the, from the halfway point to the ending last night, it was on. And yeah. it wasn't on any of those ones that I could reset. So I was just like, let me just watch from here. And it was pretty stressful the second half because the whole time you are wondering, is he going to get caught? And like, I don't know, it's very stressful, but in a good way, like that's how enjoyable it is. Yeah, it was a really good thriller. And, and essentially, this is a character that will do anything to anyone to not get caught. And that's really creepy. I a, thought he was great. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yes, that is uh, early Gwyneth, early <gasps> Jude, Jude Law. Jude Law. Oh, I know. I think for me, other than Gattaca, I'd have to figure out when Gattaca came out. That might be the first time I saw Jude Law, but in this film, I was like, who is this? And then, of course, when Elfie came out, then he kind of exploded. Yeah, that's but, the, uh... yeah but just the, also the locale, like, or locale, locale, <laughs> uh, all the different locations, just beautiful, the yes, whole film. Yes, this was uh, pretty much a postcard for Italy. Yeah, seriously. I think it, Italy should thank them for single-handedly bringing everybody there after this. Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it, too. Yes, as the, <gasps> he's so good as the... I want to say annoying friend, like, just like Incent of a Woman. The judgmental one. Yeah, he's so good at being like, um, he's one of the ones that we lost that he could have done even more great things. Yeah, I agree. Favorite scene? Oh, it, it would probably be at the very end when he's on the boat and he's about to strangle the guy that he kind of has feelings for, whether they're real or not, and they're in the cabin in like the, the boat. And he wants to hear like good things about him. Um, and so this love interest potentially is telling him what he likes about him. But in the moment, he knows he's going to kill him. So it's that whole strangle scene and he's crying while he's doing it or he's really emotional. And as much as this is a pretty deplorable character and you've gone through so much with this with this character, this Tom Ripley, uh, you you kind of have a bit of empathy for him because he just you I, that sounds horrible it sounds like <laughs> I am encouraging killing no I'm not it just it, you he just feels like he has this is what he has to do to survive and he's just so damaged and so broken and it was just a really powerful scene I'm sorry Peter I'm lost I'm gonna be stuck in the basement aren't I Aren't I? That's my terrible 
and alone and dark. <laughs> and I've lied about who I am and where I am. Now no one will ever find me. What do you mean lied about who you are? I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody. What are you talking about? You're not a nobody. That's the last thing you want. Yes, no, that scene was was pretty much how they summed up the movie, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I found myself always wondering, other than the fact that whether he would be caught when I first mm-hmm. saw it, yeah, was also wondering, I thought that them ending it where he was still going was a pretty strong and unexpected the first time I saw it ending. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about that. So this movie is based on a book, and the book oh. is part of a five-book series, the Ripley series. So Tom Ripley... Um, continues his journey in four more books. Whoa. So it's, it's. I hope that, you know, I just didn't ruin the ending there, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting to see, did they plan on making more of these films or was this just a one-off? Um, but yeah, th- so this character continues to do bad things in different countries and tries to move around and be this con artist for another four more books. So, wow, it's yeah. like international Dexter. Yeah, happening. seriously, yeah. <laughs> Except, well... Yeah, Dexter was able to justify the bad people he was killing, whereas Ripley yeah, is killing people <laughs> so he doesn't get caught. True. True that. Yeah. My number two yeah, I hear yours. is Rounders. <gasps> okay. You're going to have to go into this with me because I don't know if I remember Rounders. Rounders is where Matt plays an amazing poker player. And this is around the time when when poker and Texas Hold'em was going to explode, and this probably pushed it over the edge. But um, he plays a poker player, and a friend that gets out of jail, his name is Worm, is played by Ed Norton. Oh, I love Edward Norton. Michael McDermott. I knew you'd be back. Last night, I sat down at that table, and I felt alive. My blood was bubbling. My skin was tingling. I was James Colburn in The Magnificent Seven throwing knives. Hold on there. Whoa. Guys are cheap. Right now, he's ruining your reputation. If you don't give my money, then you are mine. I vouched for the wrong guy, so now it's on me. But I can't stay for this. For what? To watch you go all in again. We can't run from ourselves. Our destiny chooses us. The best part of the film, and I found myself for the last more than a decade quoting is uh, John Malkovich um, in it as, uh, who does he play? Ted KGB. Mr. Son of a Beach, let's play some cards. This is by far one of my favorite films in quotable lines. And and apparently uh, Malkovich, who plays a uh, Russian mob guy, um, Matt said they did not expect him to come in with his over-the-top accent, but somehow it worked. Amazing. I feel like he's that kind of actor, though, that will push the limit, but it works for him. Yeah. He's, he's, he's quite intense. Yeah, Malkovich is not a guy that I don't think I could make eye contact for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, <laughs> ooh, you're looking into my soul right now. Mr. Son of a Beach. So single-handedly probably pushed poker playing in, like, me, all my friends. No way. Yeah, and we'd always quote terms and... We found ourselves always using like Malkovich bad Russian accents during games and stuff. Okay, I need to go back and watch this. This is awesome. Kids got alligator blood. 
can't get rid of him. There's some really good supporting actors. Um, let's see, John Turturro, who I love. Oh, I love him too. He's kind of a friend and mentor. Actually, his mentor would be the dean, played by Martin Landau. Okay, yeah. But um, it's just a really good, I don't know, it's a great poker movie. Yeah, is it, fu- is it like a comedy? No, it's... Oh, I thought it was a comedy. No, it's kind of dramatic. My favorite scene would have to be the ending. He has an ending showdown with Malkovich's character. Yeah. And uh, there's just so much over-the-top Malkovich <laughs> in the last poker scene that, I don't know, it's the most ridiculous and amazing scene at the same time. Mr. Son of a Beach, let's play some cards. The rule is this. You spot a man's tell, you don't say a fucking word. I finally spotted KGBs, and usually I'd have let him go on chewing those Oreos till he was dead broke. But I don't have that kind of time. I've only got till morning. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. No, you have to watch it again to appreciate it. I think I saw it once a very long time ago, so I'm going to go home after this and seriously go watch it. <laughs> Rounders, Malkovich. I know. Yeah. Before we get to your number one, I think it's time we, or you tell us the worst Oh, that comes easily to mind. <laughs> uh, I Sorry, Matt Damon, but I went to go see Downsizing. In Leisureland, your $52,000 translates to $12.5 million to live on for life. Wow. Do you understand that you will undergo the permanent and irreversible medical procedure commonly known as downsizing and that your bodies will be approximately 0.0364% of their current mass and volume? The whole concept was, you know, the, you know, for environmental issues and um, overpopulation, let's shrink people down to five inches tall and this will save the planet, essentially. Um, You know, the carbon footprint will be eliminated. And so the whole idea was cool. It was a funny trailer. So I went into it thinking this is going to be great. And honestly, the first four to five minutes to an hour was hilarious. I loved it. His relationship with Kristen Wiig, their character, both, you know, the whole making the big decision to shrink down and going to this, um, what was it called? Whatever that laboratory. The, yeah. Oh, and then uh, into like kind of that world where, where everybody else has shrunk themselves too. Oh, yeah, like yeah. they were all going to go live in these big mansions, but mini mansions. Um, and then second half of the movie felt like a whole other movie. Um, it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't funny. Um, I didn't understand what had just, it's like, Two different movies were smushed together. It was very confusing. Yeah, I couldn't get the tone of this one. No, me neither. It's like at first it's like kind of funny but campy with Kristen yeah. Wake. Right. And then the Asian woman is she a, is she a, the one that asks for his help? Yeah. And then there's a she becomes the next love interest. It's kind of and then Christoph Waltz is just over the top as usual and yeah. the yeah, the whole thing just from what we were kind of promised in the trailers, what we would see is what we saw in the first hour. And then the last half, I was like, did someone forget to edit? Like, what is going on? I know that sounds really horrible, but I just really didn't enjoy the film. I don't know if that's my Damon's fault. I thought he acted everything quite <laughs> fine. But just the, the film itself was a stinker for me. And that was directed by Alexander Payne. Wow. And usually Payne can do no wrong. I know, I know. I just, uh, yeah. Yeah, way too long. Yeah, way, way too long. Storyline, and I don't mind if storylines are disjointed and, mm-hmm. and off, but this was just bad. It's weird. And Christoph Waltz is just being Christoph Waltz. I know. <laughs> it's like a bit of an SNL skit at the end. But yeah, it is 
pretty bad. I know. I wish it had stopped an hour in, honestly. It probably could have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a standout bad scene? Well, um, they went to the fjords. The, them going into the bunker. Oh, yeah. Remember that whole part? Yeah, with Noah's Arky thing. Like, what? Yeah, like, what? <laughs> I, like, he was deciding <laughs> to leave, and then he's not, and, and then... And then the world's coming to an end. I mean, it was all just very confusing. Yeah, it turned into Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Bizarre. Yeah, bizarre, to say the least. My... I'd say my the worst Matt Damon movie I've seen recently would have to be The Great Wall. <laughs> Oh, I never saw that. Uh, I don't think many did because... Oh, uh, there was backlash with the casting, right? Yeah, yeah because yeah. it was classic yeah. North white man saving uh, <laughs> saving an Asian... Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, and he's... Oh, man, so bad. He was bad in it? No, he's always good. I just feel like he it was damned from the beginning because... Yeah. Not only just, but even before the backlash, he's just a, uh, it's like, I think we're past the white hero saving the Asian army. I don't know. It was just, it seemed dated. And it, yeah. And it does seem interesting with someone of, you know, his, his status in Hollywood. I mean, he can pick whatever he wants. So sometimes you do question why they pick certain projects, but. Yeah. I don't know who this was a favor for <laughs> or because it was, yeah. What year? 2016. Yeah. 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 Oh, see, only a year before duds. year before downsizing. Yeah, and oh. then then wasn't Suburbicon? That one wasn't really well received either, and that's no. that was pretty recent too. That yeah. was the George Clooney directed film, directed by George Clooney, right? Yeah, yeah, and it was also 2017. Yeah, there hasn't been some amazing ones. Yeah, Matt's been. Uh... <laughs> well, he did The Martian, and then he got nominated, and then. Yeah, we agree that The Martian. Love the Martian. It's amazing. I love the Martian. But that now, was yeah. Now you got me wondering what your uh, number one is. Okay, so my favorite is oh I don't <laughs> do you know what my number one is? Oh no, I'm worried. No, okay, no, no. This is gonna throw you for a loop. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Oh. Did you ever see that one? I loved it. What is this? We are the people who make sure things happen according to plan. We monitor the entire world. You bumped into a woman this morning on the bus. Were you just staring at my legs? I was defenseless against the dress. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Your path through the world is supposed to have been adjusted. You weren't ever supposed to see her again. If you truly love her, just walk away. This series is a sci-fi film. Love my sci-fi films. is based on a Philip K. Dick story. Um, and it, the whole premise is creepy. It's like, are we here on this earth? Are we making these decisions on our own? Do we have free will? Or is everything planned for us? And there's no diverting from the plan that whoever is in charge has for everybody here on this earth. And so... That's kind of like the heavy <laughs> side of it, but it, it is a romantic sci-fi film, and basically Emily Blunt's character and um, Matt Damon's character, they're not supposed to be together, but they can't help running into each other. They're not supposed to. If they end up together, they both will not fulfill their dreams and their careers, and it's just, you know, how can you justify that? If you're with someone, she won't have the ballet career that she wants, and you know, he won't have the political career that he wants and, and they're not supposed to be together, but they can't help it. And so it's it's this really awesome film about exploring those kind of ideas. 
No, I loved it. it I was, loved it too. I love that you loved it. No, it was good. It Not was, everyone loved it, so. Yeah, no, it was one of those, it was a very polarizing movie for sure. Yeah. Um, but I was on the side that loved it. Yeah, because, I love Anthony Mackie in it too. He yeah, was great as, he was as one of the agents. kind of like the agents slash angels. Yes. That uh, is for them getting together. Right. He couldn't quite yeah. understand if two people are in the plan, not supposed to be together, why do they keep running into each other? Why are they so drawn to each other? Um, and so, yeah, he kind of helped them along a little bit. Yeah, no, it's a great movie about sometimes, yes, they can reach their peak in other career, right. money, right. all that stuff, but sometimes the love or the, that's something special. is bigger. Yeah. Bigger. No, it was a great film. I know. It's um, it's a weird comfort fr- film for me. Is it Matt Damon's best film of all time? No. But for me, it's just one of my favorite Matt Damon films. Oh, it's one that you connected with. I do. Yeah. I saw in theaters. Whoa. Yeah. I Watch wanted you. to. And I, but I like the... And it was modern with the doors. and mm-hmm. the, There was good twists on the classic angel over the shoulder type yeah. things. And the plan and how it would change... And how they wouldn't say God, but they'd say the man upstairs right. or whatever. Yeah, like the whatever head being that is for you. Nothing was specified as yeah. to who's controlling all of this. But it was fascinating, too, to learn that this Adjustment Bureau, these agents, um, allowed, as the movie progresses, I don't know if this is spoiling too much, but the you know basically they controlled things and then they decided to let humans have free will. And then World War One happened, World War Two happened, and then they decided to step back in and control things again so yeah so there's interesting so the whole film's really fascinating about can humans handle free will do we make the best decisions so it's interesting no it's a good one (laughs) favorite scene Well, my favorite scene is speaking of which emily blunt as a dancer she's great really convinced so good in that movie yeah um, you know what? It's probably when it's probably when he's watching her dance in the studio, honestly, and um the powers that be are letting him know what will happen to her career if he continues to see her. And he's devastated to watch when one of the agents does something to her that could jeopardize her entire career. And he just realizes from that moment on that he needs to stay away from her, and it's this heartbreaking scene. You can just see it all over his face. There's one more piece of this I haven't mentioned. I guess I just didn't have the heart. If you stay with her, it not only kills your dreams, it kills hers. When Elise is about to become one of the most famous dancers in the country and eventually one of the world's greatest choreographers. If she stays with you, she ends up teaching dance to six-year-olds. Adjustment Bureau. 2011. 2011. Yeah. So not that long ago. No. Well, eh, kind of. <laughs> I mean, well, what is it, 2019 now? Oh, yeah, I guess so eight, eight, years like eight years ago. eight years ago. Dude, I know. Wow, time I, flies. I think 20, 2006 wasn't that long ago. I have to say more recently, <laughs> when Matt, didn't he host the finale of Saturday Night Live? Yes, yeah. He looked old. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. And he's getting there. I don't know. It was depressing for me. Oh, no. Why? No, because it's reflecting Matt, on your own. Because Matt Damon, like, well, this brings me to my number one. Okay, tell me. for once I'm going, and there's no denying that Good Will Hunting is my favorite Matt Damon film. Yay. I love that film, too. The most gifted mind. 
to ever enter its classrooms. This is correct. We did this. Is the person who cleans its floors. Well, I just need the name of this guy who works in my building. Got this job through his PO. You can call him. PO. Parole officer. Meet Will Hunting. I've been looking over this rap sheet of yours. Assault, theft, resisting. I've spoken to the judge, and he's agreed to release you under my supervision. Really? But I have to meet with a therapist every week. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it started off as supposedly a one-act play in college, ended up being expounded upon with the help of Ben later into this. And then when they won the Academy Award... And the Oscar goes to Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah! Uh, I just said to Matt, losing would suck and winning would be really scary. And it's really, really scary. Uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're just really two young guys who uh, were fortunate enough to be involved with a lot of great people whom uh, it's coming upon us to, there's no way we're doing this in less than 20 seconds, who, on, upon whom it's incumbent of us to thank um, Harvey Weinstein, who believed in us and made this movie, Gus Van Sant for brilliant direction, Robin Williams, who delivered some straight lines, Minnie Driver, who's performed with brilliant Stellan Skarsgård, who was great. Your brother. Um, my brother Casey, who's brilliant in the Cole movie. Hauser. Cole Hauser. My mother John, John and Matt's mother, the most beautiful my women mom. here. My dad right morning. over there. And, um, Jack said hi to you. And, uh, All right. Who, who, who uh, John uh, Gordon from Miramax. John Gordon. Uh, Chris Moore who produced Chris the Moore. movie. And, Chris uh, Moore. Patrick Weitzel, the best agent in Hollywood. Yeah, and, uh, Patrick Weitzel. And Cuba Gooding for showing us how to give our acceptance speech. And uh, um, all our friends and, and family. And, and everybody back in and, Boston watching us tonight. And thank you so much, the city of Boston. And, 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 and God, I know we're forgetting somebody. Whoever we forgot, we love you. We, and we love you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Everyone was like, who are these two? And that was a big... Year. Well, I think people knew Ben Affleck at that point. Yes, Ben, yeah. I think, but it was, it was 90, 97. Okay, yeah. And that year at the Academy Awards, even though I loved it, of course it has to be the year that Titanic <laughs> is out. Oh my gosh, you're right, which I saw five times in theaters, by the way. So they won Best Screenplay. Yes, they did. And Robin Williams won Best Supporting Actor. He did. But... They had to go up against Titanic, and um, and the director. Titanic took everything. Was it Gus Van Sant? Yep, Gus Van Sant had to go James against Cameron. James Cameron. So dun, it was dun, dun, that's bad luck. Ship. Yeah, but my favorite movie and quotable lines and. Okay, well I'm gonna ask you your favorite scene now. See, I'm torn. Okay, because I've got a favorite. Go. It's between a. How do you like them apples? Oh, that's such a great scene, which that is, stupid smug guy with his ponytail. Which is short, but yeah. just if we want to start from the part when he's trying to embarrass Ben all the way to the apples. <laughs> yeah. Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> the other one is the rant that he goes on when he's being interviewed by the NSA. Or... Oh, right. To basically try to get out of the job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So the way I see it, the question isn't why should you work for the NSA? The question is why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't I work for the NSA? It's a tough one. <laughs> But I'll take a shot. Say I'm working at the NSA and somebody puts a code on my desk, something no one else can break. 
Maybe I take a shot at it, and maybe I break it. And I'm real happy with myself because I did my job well. But maybe that code was the location of some rebel army in North Africa or the Middle East. And once they had that location, they bombed the village where the rebels are hiding. 1,500 people that I never met, never had no problem with, get killed. Now the politicians are saying, oh, send in the Marines to secure the area because they don't give a shit. It won't be their kid over there getting shot, just like it wasn't them when their number got called because they were all pulling a tour in the National Guard. It'll be some kid from Southie over there taking shrapnel in the ass. He comes back to find that the plan he used to work at got exported to the country he just got back from, and the guy who put the shrapnel in his ass got his old job because he'll work for 15 cents a day and no bathroom breaks. Meanwhile, he realizes the only reason he was over there in the first place was so that we could install a government that would sell us oil at a good price. And of course, the oil companies use a little skirmish over there to scare up domestic oil prices. A cute little ancillary benefit for them, but it ain't helping my buddy at 250 a gallon. They're taking their sweet time bringing the oil back, of course. Maybe they even took the liberty of hiring an alcoholic skipper who likes to drink martinis and fucking play slalom with the icebergs. It ain't too long till he hits one, spills the oil, and kills all the sea life in the North Atlantic. So now my buddy's out of work, he can't afford to drive, so he's walking to the fucking job interviews, which sucks because the shrapnel in his ass is giving him chronic hemorrhoids. And meanwhile, he's starving because every time he tries to get a bite to eat, the only blue plate special they're serving is North Atlantic Scrod with Quaker State. So what did I think? I'm holding out for something better. I figure, fuck it, while I'm at it, why not just shoot my buddy? Take his job, give it to his sworn enemy, hike up gas prices, bomb a village, club a baby seal, hit the hash pipe, and join the National Guard. I could be elected president. I think definitely my favorite was the it's not your fault. And that's not only, I mean, Robin Williams is just fantastic in this movie in every single scene he does. But for me, that was just a really great Matt Damon moment going from nonchalant. Yeah, I know. I know. It's fine. Yeah, I know. I know it's not my fault. And then just watching his face as he just full-on breaks down. It has a full-on breakdown in front of Robin Williams, I think was so great, so powerful. Yeah, that was a super strong scene. You see this? Holy shit. This is not your fault. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. I know. No, no, you don't. It's not your fault. Hmm? I know. It's not your fault. All right? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. figure out what Matt uh, Ben Affleck did because for me I was excited for the film for Ben Affleck really and then you realize he's not that huge of a role in it no. I mean, he is but, but strong. No, this is Matt Damon's film and wasn't Matt Damon not supposed to star in it weren't they trying to cast somebody and they couldn't find the right person they and were, then they decided on Matt Damon they were trying to cast someone for both roles oh, Matt and Ben believe okay, it or not yeah. but uh, apparently with the help of Kevin Smith oh um, that's cool 
at first they wanted to buy the script without Matt and Ben uh, attached. But because of Kevin Smith's intervention, I believe he helped with Castle Rock. And, and then that's how, they got to Mir- yeah, yeah. that's how he got to Miramax. And the funny thing is apparently um, Matt says that they added, a, they wrote in a gay scene yeah. between him just to see which studios were reading the script. Oh my God, that is so funny. So when they met with um, Harvey and Miramax and he said, maybe lose the gay scene, they knew that he actually read the script. And was invested in it. Yeah. Too bad he didn't have a better personal life. No, uh, that aside. That aside. (laughs) That aside. um, They got my favorite film. Yeah. Yeah, Good Will Hunting is up there for sure. And I wasn't, and even to this day, I don't know if I'm totally sold on Mini Driver. Really? Their uh, chemistry or just her in that role? Just, oh, I just, maybe just her in general. <laughs> I, I think that's, under, you know, yeah, you're not the know. first person that has said that to me. Don't get me wrong, she's great in this. No, and, I know. And well, the part where she's like, just say you don't love me and I won't call you anymore. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great scene. But. Well, I will say this is my favorite Mini Driver movie because I, I can't think off the top of my head what else has been a standout for me for her. Yeah, no, I you feel like since she hasn't, Worked a ton. No, she's on a, a TV bit. show now. Oh, okay, right? okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I have to say, I just that was the one casting you just weren't sold on. No, but I loved the whole thing. Maybe it was just because, because apparently Matt and them uh, fought for her because at the time she mm-hmm. was a no name, and but maybe that make that makes it more believable back then. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I remember being torn about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I. She looked older than him a little bit. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean like, I actually really liked their, they were so opposite ends of, Yeah, he was kind of this, you know, not living in the best place, kind of rough guy. And she was this pristine kind of going to private schools. and That's true. She's the one in school. He's the one visiting her. Yeah. And she seemed older. And, <laughs> and at the time. She, more mature. I think what yeah. I mean by older is more mature. That's what I mean. I felt that she looked older in terms of yeah. the, when you put them side by side. Yeah. Well, he's but got a baby face. He, yeah, he was 27. Oh my God. Was he really? Good Will Hunting. 20, he was like 21. 27. Wow. And they said that it was on the border of him not being able to play Will just because he was. They were His reaching age. that age where he couldn't play a student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it kind of was, kind of happened at the right time. Well, he pulled it off. That and his like mushroom haircut. Hey now, <laughs> 90s. He regrets. <laughs> Everyone talks about the frosted tips. When's um, that? Oh, that's your little puppy. And my dog is barking. I don't know why. He's the cutest little Frenchie. He's barking for attention. Um, yeah, Matt uh, totally regrets the frosted tips in his hair, apparently. What, did he have frosted? T- oh, he had it dyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was bad choice. But bad you know choice. what? There's a lot of bad choice in the '90s. Okay. You know what else was great? What? And a good connection to us because we're we're recording this here in Toronto. Is that um, a lot of it was shot in Toronto? I definitely did not know that. What, the, like University of Toronto? Um, the the chalkboards outside was U of T when he's. A jan- playing the janitor and um, and doing math stuff on the board. That's cool. That's at U of T. And then Upfront Girl on Front Street. It's closed now, but I went there. It closed uh, four years ago, but it's where they shot the whole uh, scene, uh, the inside uh, bar where he picks her up. Joe, how did I not know this? Yeah, Upfront so Grill. That's so cool. They had a plaque at the front. and uh, <gasps> Matt Damon. 
yeah, that scene. Shot here. The scene before the apples. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, my number one Matt Damon film. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's had some good ones. When I was going through the list of films, there were some I forgot. And yeah. And I was like, okay, this is actually going to be harder than I thought. But uh, yeah. It was tough. Done, yeah, I know. And, as you said before, Martian. Well, and we didn't even bring up the Bourne films. I mean, no. for so many people, that is their ultimate Matt Damon films. And I get yeah. those films are fantastic. They're just not my go-to films. That's all. But he's great in them. The Bourne movies are amazing. Yeah, they're, they're one great. of those. No matter what, you you know you're going to be in for a fun ride. Exactly. And they're like yeah. a can't miss. Yeah. And had we ever seen him do an action role like that before? Not quite like that. Not before the firstborn, yeah. that's for sure. And even though he was a supporting cast member in All the Oceans. Oh, true. <laughs> as, yeah. As uh, the pickpocketing Linus. I don't know his last name, but he played Linus. And okay. I found he was great with... Uh, with George and Brad playing yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all have such great chemistry. But those movies alone, I love them on their own. Just slick, well done, enjoyable stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, should I ask you now who you want to do next? You're up. I know. Are we going to go boy, girl, boy, girl, or just whoever? That doesn't whoever? matter. Yeah, whatever you want to do. I feel like on the strength of just talking about Ocean's Eleven, mm-hmm. I think we should go to one of the big boys. George or Brad? Yeah, we're going Those Brad. are hard. Let's do Brad. Okay, Brad Pitt's coming up. Well, I already know the one Brad Pitt film I don't like, so... <laughs> and not that I'm a negative person, it's just the one film. I was like, how did this happen? How did this get so wrong? But... Well, we're all allowed a little misstep. I know. Here and there. I know. He's not perfect, even though he is. On a side note, can I tell you my 2019, if it happens this year, my theory with Jen, Jennifer Aniston, Brad, and Angelina, that triangle. Can uh, I tell okay. you my theory? What? The, what? No. My theory is... I feel like Jen and Brad may get back together. No way. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think he was very interested in that relationship. They were together, but hasn't he said that was like the most boring time of his life? Not to say oh, that that's he? all her fault. No, no, no. I think just in his career, he felt stale. Like, I don't think he, that was the best time for him. Maybe not. So I, I don't know. Hey, wouldn't was that there just overlap? be the best come? Well, do you think there was overlap with Mr. Look, and Mrs. Smith? She that is has the said she has said in magazines that that's the film that she is was excited for her kids to watch or for them to see in the future because that's showing them falling in love on camera. So whether showing Angelina and Brad and Brad falling in love. Mm. So whether anything happened, did they fall for each other on the set? Absolutely. I can't, I I can't, I think something happened. I still feel like it could happen. You just wanted to, you and everybody else in America and Canada and the world. No, I like Brad with Angie. I like Brad with Angie. Yeah, me too. I was a fan of those two, but it is funny that we're still obsessed and we are with this, this trio we well, really are. When we discuss about who's the next and who do you think could mm-hmm. be, which we will get to, it's one of those where in the end there's a part of me that kind of thinks like we we might be at the end of an era of super Hollywood megastars. Yeah, I know what you're saying because uh, you know, a lot of people who are um you know, the next to watch and it's all indie films that they're doing. And it's not on that same, like Will Smith, who was, well, then again, you have like Dwayne Johnson still, and those kind of huge actors bringing those numbers and think, but, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, but the rock, I can't picture the rock as let's say Richard Gere and pretty woman in that role. No. Whereas I could picture, uh, George Clooney walking into a role like that still, 
but who is I'm thinking like like you're basically talking the top of the top from the 90s who have continued on like we won't ever have that kind of superstar level yeah like yeah, we're talking I know about what you're Matt what you're Damon saying. and his class well yeah because now you're getting Instagram yeah. famous people like it, yeah. it's not just mov- movies used to be end all be all you you didn't even want to touch TV if yeah. a movie star because that was the end of your career movies that was it now it's it's so many things now it might be more the movie is the thing that draws you in. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it's like Will Smith, no matter what he does, I got to go see. Agree. It. I know exactly what you're saying. Whereas now I can't even name like, mm-hmm. like with the understudy, we talk about who's up next or who could be, who could fill Matt Damon's shoes. Right. And for the life of me, again, when I thought of who could be the next Matt Damon and you know who know came up tough. Who? was again, um, Egerton. Taron Egerton. Yeah. Edgerton. Oh, I totally agree with you. He's great. Whereas he could do the born easily do because of mm-hmm. the Kingsman, you could see yeah. that he could do the born stuff. And right. He, um, I would like to see him in some more dramatic. I haven't seen the Elton John biopic. No, me neither. I think it's going to be good though. So we'll see his dramatic chops in that. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, still has the baby face. Yeah. Good looks of a goodwill hunting type character. Yeah. So I could see him doing something like that. Whereas, I'm having a hard time, even Matt Damon was 27 when he shot, the 28 to 30, like, I know, actors exactly in that range. Saying. I know, because a lot that are making, other than that, uh, t- uh, Timothy Chalamet, or what's his name? Yeah, Timothy Chalamet, but... And, he- but but once again, he's not a huge superstar. He's like an indie darling. Everyone's obsessed with him from his indie films, so, I, and I don't know if he'll ever hit that that level either but everyone's in love with them and i feel like his roles to this point have been not androgynous mm-hmm. but they're not super not that, super masculine i know what you're saying like that 90s action hero yeah i know what you're saying yeah or this like i don't know i'd like to see him in a smooth maybe he's still too young looking to me yeah to well, play and i don't know if he has the wit or charis- charisma that you know to be like a superstar. I know what you're yeah, saying. Like ah, George, I, like just the dialogue between George and someone, I could watch that. I know. I, I do think though that that era of the 90s, you know, huge superstars, even 2000s, there's just, I mean, look at the Stranger Kids things. They're the most popular kids ever and yet that was a TV show or you go yeah. on Instagram and you have people who have 100 million, you know, and they're the big superstars right now more than film stars. So, And I don't think I could name one of them. Who, on Instagram? I don't think I can name all of the Stranger Things kids. Oh, all the Stranger Things kids, yeah. Other than... Um, Millie Brown. Millie Brown. I was going to say think. Bobby Brown. Yeah. Millie Brown. But no, you're right. You know the kids. And you go, the kids from Stranger Things. Yeah. But you don't... Yeah, you don't know them off by But her. I also know that that's their kids. They're kids actors. So that, yeah. that popularity is going to be finite because you don't know how they're going to age. Yeah. So I don't know. Who do you think could be the next man? Good Lord. I, 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 I really don't know... I would, I would probably, to be honest, not look at movies. I'd probably look at TV shows. Maybe some of the Marvel. Oof, I don't know. Taron Edgerton, though, for me, I've been saying for a long time that's a major breakout kid. Yeah, no, he's and he's broken up. He's got the. He's lead not a in kid. He's, he's like full on adult, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's I like tough. Him. I it's know, tough. I know. See, this isn't an easy Mm-mm-mm. to pick the understudy for Matt Damon. It's not. <laughs> Very challenging. Right? Yeah, I totally agree. Because if you think about his roles, even the ones that we've chosen, Timothy Chalamet could do the talented Mr. Ripley, I believe. Right? 100%. He can do those dramatic roles, quirky roles. And that was, uh, yeah, he could walk that line, mm-hmm. which would actually fit him perfectly if we redid the talented Mr. Ripley. Right. Now for the Bourne film. The Bourne, I don't see Timothy handling not. a rifle yeah. and 
that's where I feel like Taryn Edgerton would uh, would really would, step into yeah. it well. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. I think there's not just that one person that comes to mind. There's like a variety of different people at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. And Brad will be even tougher, but we'll have to see. Oh, my goodness. Who's the top of the top? Ooh, now I got to pick my face. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Brad's going to be hard, but I'm excited. He's got a lot to choose from. I know. Oh, my gosh. You do not want to know how many times I watched Meet Joe Black in high school. It's embarrassing. Well, it's a good title. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> pun intended. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a while. It did take me a while. <laughs> I am slow today. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks, Morgan. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. Yeah. Matt Damon in the books. And that's it for this episode. Please feel free to send feedback and requests to the understudy podcast at gmail.com. Do us a favor, tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes or through your podcast app. And we'll see you in episode three.